What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, what a week to kick off the offseason. Not only did they interview one, nope, two offensive coordinator candidates, but they're in search of up to four right now. We expect more to come. We'll dive into all of those names and what week one of the coaching carousel taught us about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meanwhile, a top tier free agent cornerback has been named a landing spot in Pittsburgh. Should the Pittsburgh Steelers approach him? Should they sign him? Should they add to the excellence of Joey Porter Jr.? A free agent the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot lose? Maybe not, but we'll dive into some that we think the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot let go in this free agency cycle and it's friday it's nfc and afc championship weekend it's tough as a pittsburgh steelers fan to sit here and for you guys to sit there and for everybody to say man i don't know who to pick this weekend i put out a poll earlier in the week where i was like hey who are you rooting for the chiefs or the ravens i think i got a, i think i got more lions than i got either one of those answers and i think that's how a lot of pittsburgh steelers fans feel but we'll dive into our picks for championship weekend it is 65 degrees here in the berg absolutely beautiful it's been a beautiful couple of days i'm loving it how you feeling my friend it's beautiful i i stepped outside this morning and i was wearing shorts and i felt fine i felt like i was yep. on a different planet like it went <laughs> it literally went from 15 degrees to 55 yeah. or something it's yeah. Ridiculous. yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful yesterday i was walking i actually went into the grocery store yesterday and the cashier she was it was just this little old lady she's like i've seen a lot of people in shorts i hope they're not gonna get sick I'm like, I'm pretty sure the summer's here. So I'm. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, have you stepped outside? Yeah. Have you been mm-hmm. outside of this Whole Foods in the last 12 hours? Because I think that it is beautiful. It's definitely shorts weather. Yeah. Shout out Mother Nature coming through hard on this weekend. Let's talk about some Pittsburgh Steelers football. We'll start with a name that has been tossed out there for the Pittsburgh Steelers to approach, to sign in free agency, a landing spot to join Joey Porter Jr. That is former or current, I guess, Kansas City Chiefs cornerback, Legarius Sneed. This is not the first time that the Pittsburgh Steelers have been linked to this guy or named a landing spot for the elite. I, I want to keep calling him an all-pro because I think we expected him to make the all-pro team. He didn't make an all-pro team, but just a top-tier free agent cornerback out there, Legarius Sneed. You hear that one. You look at his market value, you look at what he's done, you look at who and where the Pittsburgh Steelers currently stand on defense. What were your thoughts when you uh, when you saw that list and you saw the Steelers sitting there at number two right behind the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, when you look at a guy like this, you kind of work through a couple different layers of it. Uh, you start with like his production, you start with what he's done, like how good is he. Then you move to, and LeJarius Need obviously checks a ton of boxes. He is a very good player and he's young. Yes. Um, then you move to, you know, okay, he's a free agent this year. And then you move to like his, you know, you kind of go by the estimated market value on over the cap. I think you and I both use that quite a bit. And it's a hefty price tag, what they expect yeah. him to get paid. But then you kind of move to what the Steelers have to play with, you know, what kind of money they have to work with and uh, who they might have to pay potentially, who they might have to to cut or get rid of. Uh, and to be quite honest, looking at everything that the Steelers have, look at it, who Jerry Sneed is, what kind of money he might command. It's not, I think I looked at it initially as, oh, this is absurd. The Steelers do not have enough room to make a splash like this. Um, it, it's just not going to work out. Uh, yeah. 
But I mean, the Steelers don't have a, I, I think they have room for it. I don't think they yeah. have a ton of other places where they would need to invest a ton of, invest a ton of money in free agency. Um, and so I think that makes me comfortable taking a swing on a guy like this, on a guy like Legarius Sneed. And, and I mean, I think like Jalen Johnson from the Bears, a free agent, he's going to kind of command the same kind of value. Um, yeah. And like, so this, I think cornerback is a position that I'm really comfortable taking a big swing on in free agency, even for a number like, you know, close to $15 million, maybe even a little bit more over the cap estimates, 14.9 uh, thereabouts for Legarius Sneed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I would be, I'd be comfortable taking a swing like that. And a guy who, like I said, is not just young, but, but really good and really young. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think where the Pittsburgh Steelers stand, they got to resign some guys. The quarterback is going to play a pretty significant role in what they do this off season, but let's just eliminate that factor. If you're looking at everything else, I mean, what do the Pittsburgh Steelers have to go out and sign? They got to find another offensive tackle. They got to find a center. I think you can find both of those things in the NFL draft. You got to sign a safety or figure out the safety position, but I think you have options there. I also think Patrick Peterson is an option there. If you're going to toss cornerback out there and you're going to spend money somewhere, I'm okay with it being the guy that works next to or opposite of Joey Porter Jr. And you might as well shoot for the stars. Like if you're going to, if you're going to go get a corner and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, don't go get another Levi Wallace. Don't go get another Patrick Peterson. Go get a Legarius Sneed. Go get a Jalen Johnson. Go get somebody who is top of the list, who makes your defense elite more than it already is. I think that that fits the bill perfectly. And I think it's the position. Like if we were talking about, oh, the Steelers should sign this inside linebacker. Like, eh, I mean, maybe, I guess, but I'm not into spending a whole ton of money on inside linebacker. And I, I think that a corner, I think having a shutdown corner is something the Pittsburgh Steelers maybe have never had. Our two shutdown corners is maybe something the Pittsburgh Steelers have never had, at least not in my lifetime. To be able to have that along with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Keanu Benton and Larry Ogunjobi and possibly Cam Hayward, I mean, that's that's as good as it gets with Minka Fitzpatrick playing free safety and then you go get another safety somewhere where you don't have to spend as much money. That works out very well for where the Steelers Steelers sit. Are you comfortable with that $15 million, $16 million a year? Are you going and searching, you know, last year Cam Sutton signed for 11. Are you searching for a Cam Sutton type player at 11? I don't know what the list looks like. I'll pull it up now, but... Are you searching there or are you shooting for the stars going $15, $16 million for a guy like Legarius Sneed, who is 27 years old? Right. Well, look, this is the thing. Like, I was looking through that list of free agent cornerbacks available this offseason, and I would love a player like Cam uh, Cam Sutton, who you could sign for $11 million, and a guy who yeah. is not maybe not elite, but pretty damn close to it, like a contender for a Pro Bowl spot, possibly. Um, but I don't know if a guy like that exists. I mean, just looking up and down the list of names that I saw, I'm not yeah, sure tough. Yeah, where you find a guy like that. Um, so that that'd be ideal. I'm just not sure if he's if he's out there this yeah. offseason. And maybe they're just names that I'm not aware of, but um I did not see one of those guys on the list of, of cornerback free agents available in this class. I don't know if you see something different, but I don't know I'm, if I'm I do. Sure. I don't know if yeah. I do. Here's here's a question. Are you bringing are you considering bringing somebody back? 
Say you don't get LeJarrius Sneed or say you're not shooting for LeJarrius Sneed and a Kella Witherspoon, a Steven Nelson, who has been a stud in Houston. And and I maybe these guys re-sign with their current teams, but let's just say best case scenario, they are on the market for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you thinking about a guy like Witherspoon? Are you thinking about a guy? Steven Nelson's 31 years old, but that dude's a stud, you know, and he's only gotten better with age. Are you thinking about those guys? Are you... You know, are are you considering a guy in the conference like a an Awuzie, a, a Chidobi Awuzie out of Cincinnati who is only twenty eight years old? Are you thinking maybe resign, maybe go with a familiar face? Or are you are you saying no, no, not worth it? Doesn't meet what you'd have to have to make, or there's still too much of a gap between them and where you could be. Well, I just think if you're re-signing, a, if you're bringing a guy back like a Steven Nelson or even like a Desmond King, maybe I believe he's a free agent. Um, or yeah, a he's more of a slot guy, though. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, still works, but not mm-hmm. doesn't fit doesn't fix your problems. Right, but I mean, so either way, I think I would be more comfortable taking more of a home run swing. To be quite honest yeah. with you, um, like I don't think I think this defense has gotten by kind of being built piecemeal and being done a little bit on the cheap around your big stars like Minka, Kim, and uh, TJ. But I think I would, I don't know. I just feel like this is an off season where the Steelers are going to think bigger uh, and yep. kind of swing for the fences a little bit more. Um, and I think it's something that they have to do. I feel like you've got to, we're kind of past the days where you can feel comfortable saying, Oh, well we got good value for this guy. You know, or yes. were you like, yes. were we, yeah, like we, we made a kind of steal in free agency. Um, I think you've got to pay top dollar for top talent. Um, and like I said, there's not – like corner is really the only position you really have to do that at. You're pretty set at almost every other level of the defense. Um, I'm like – especially if you sign a corner and then you feel comfortable moving Pat Pete back to safety. Like I love that move too. Um, yeah. So I, I, that's what makes me more comfortable with taking a big swing and a big shot at a guy like a Jalen Johnson or a LeJarrius Sneed over maybe trying to do this a little cheaper. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. I think I agree. I think depending on who that name was, and I'm uh, look at I was a big Akello guy, big Akello guy, and I'm a huge Stephen Nelson guy. That guy's a stud, and I think he got such the short end of the stick in Pittsburgh, and where he is now, I'm like super grateful that he was able to turn his career into what it is. I'm still shooting for the stars. Like go young, go go big, get a guy who, like get a guy where you don't have to worry about it anymore. I think that's where the Steelers should be is stop trying to plug holes and fix holes and just go out there and get the guys that fix the holes. And you don't have to worry about that position. You sign LeJerry Sneed for four years. You have Joey Porter Jr. for another three years. You don't have to worry about that position for another three years. Like you're sitting around and then you re-sign Joey Porter Jr. And then you make a decision on what you're doing outside of LeJerry Sneed, because at that point he's like 31 years old. And if you keep him cheap cool if you go out and get somebody else or you draft somebody cool but at that point that cornerback cycle now you have a cycle now you have okay we could just keep on living the lifespan of these quarter cornerbacks and not having to worry about it and sit around and build other positions like inside linebacker like safety like finding a defensive tackle to replace cam hayward or or a defensive end to replace Larry Ogunjobi whenever that deal is up. Like you could focus on other needs, other areas, instead of having to go into every offseason and say, okay, well, we have to sign a DeMonte KZ and a Miles Jack and a Landon Roberts and a Quan Alexander and a Cole Holcomb and a Montrevious Adams and a Larry Ogunjobi and all these guys because every year you just sign guys to one, to technically two or three-year deals, but there's an out after the one year because you're just not certain that that's going to work out. 
this is an opportunity to, I think, avoid that. So I'm all there for you. Legere Sneed would be a big one. Jalen Johnson would be a big one, too. I don't think he's going to leave Chicago, especially after Chicago kind of turned things around at the end of the season. I think that definitely hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers' chances. But if it's out there, I mean, I'm going to get Jalen Johnson. I'm going to get Legarius Sneed. I'm cool with either of those guys. I think it is go big or go home. Would you consider a first-round corner over one of these guys, over signing somebody? Ooh. No, just because I think, I don't know. I don't think the corner talent, at least from, I mean, my limited research that I've done, is as good yeah, yeah. as maybe, like, the offensive tackle or the offensive or, like, the center talent or the center linebacker. Center talent's good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so... Um, I think I'm I'm going one of those positions, like inside linebacker two. I'd put that up there over over a corner um, yeah. in the first round. Like I think, yeah, which is where you're gonna find where you're gonna have to find somebody like that. Right, right, right. So I think I'm I'm still I'm thinking big. You know, I'm there. Yeah. big shining stars in my mind right now. It's not yeah. a yeah. I, I want yeah. I want something big. I want a splash. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think if you could go get a tackle, I think you're gonna spend less money at that position anyways, and take less risk. You know, like you could go out and sign a, a right tackle and be like, oh, okay, cool. That was a good move. It could also not work out and you just spent $20 million on a guy or $15 million on a guy that you're like, mm, I don't know what's going to happen. And the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers did that, it clearly did not work out in their favor. So uh, I, I agree. Go draft another guy. Go get somebody to run with uh, Broderick Jones and fill your, fill your offensive line through the draft. And that's how I think that's the best way to do it is to fill an offensive line through the draft defense. You could get some studs. Defensive players are made and uh, Legereus Sneak could be one of them. I agree with that one. All right, let's move it on to the Steelers offensive coordinator candidates. It has been a busy week. We got off the podcast Monday by, I don't know, two, three in the afternoon, something like that. The Steelers made their first request to interview Los Angeles Rams quarterback coach and passing game coordinator Zach Robinson. Since then, they have shown, or not shown, but reports have said that they are interested in Cliff Kingsbury. They have interviewed Thomas Brown. Sources tell all Steelers. They have also interviewed Gerard Johnson. I mean, four big names in a matter of a week. I think if this was years past, one, the position would have been filled by Eddie Faulkner by now, or Mike Sullivan, if this was not 2024. And two, I think I think that poke and stick meme would be out so hard on guys and people would be so angry with this team because they'd just be sitting around. Instead, they're moving fast. They got four candidates. You look at these candidates. What's your takeaway? How are you feeling? What's your uh, what's your hot and cold meter on where you stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers in their current offensive coordinator search as we close out week one? Well, I think generally I like the the profile of the candidates they're looking at. I'm just a little surprised because, you know, we heard Mike Tomlin what was that now? Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, just kind of lay out his ideal makeup of an offensive coordinator, and he said he wants wanted someone experienced, uh, someone who had NFL play calling experience, and yep. uh, just someone who like you got the sense that he wanted someone a little bit older, you know, like someone yes. who who had been who had been in the weeds a little bit. And this is just, that's just not like. Gerard Johnson doesn't really fall under that category. No, Zach Robinson doesn't fall under that category. Cliff Kingsbury only in a really limited capacity falls under that category. Um, yeah. And I believe um, the name is escaping me. Panthers OC. What's Thomas his? Brown. He's a young, he's a younger guy too, right? Like he has yeah, only had one year. Right. So it's just a little bit of a different. So 
a lot of these guys check those boxes technically, um, yeah. but not kind of to the degree that I guess I expected them to. So I guess that's my biggest impression is that right now the candidates are real young. Um, it's not a t- it's not as experienced a pool as I kind of expected, um, which I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad. I was going to um, ask, do you think that's a, do, do you, are you, do you think they're promising candidates? Like, are you, are you pleased with the candidates even though they don't check that box? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Like, I think this, these guys, I mean, I think it's good to embrace youth, you know, for this yeah. team right now. Um, I think it's, it's good to embrace something forward thinking. I think it's good to kind of seek out um, the next guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that approach um, to see if they can find kind of the next dynamic offensive coordinator in this league. So um, I don't hate it. It's just, it, it was just notable to me that it is not exactly the type of pool uh, of candidates that I really expected. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I look at, I expected a Byron Leftwich. I expected a Pep Hamilton. I expected the names that you're like, ah, nobody else is looking at these guys. Why are the Pittsburgh Steelers looking at these guys? I expected that's where the Steelers were, where they are now. Doesn't necessarily fit the bill of what I was expecting, just like you said, but I'm, I am pleased. I, I think that's the way to go about it. Even the Gerard Johnson, there are a lot of people that are like, nah, he's got almost no coaching experience. He, this guy has very limited time in the NFL as a coach. Maybe we're jumping the gun here. I don't disagree, but I think to bring him in for an interview and to look at that and say, the Eagles are interested in this guy. The Saints are interested in this guy. The Browns are interested in this guy. Why are this? Why would we not be interested in this guy? Why would we not check him out and see maybe we are missing something that everybody else is seeing out of him and they're trying to get their hands on? I think that's the way to go about it. Like all of the hot names that are on the board, the Pittsburgh Steelers have spoken to or are technically reportedly interested in. That's exactly where you want the Pittsburgh Steelers to be. Every name that pops out there. And that's the thing is people are going to keep bringing up Clint, Clint Kubiak. And I think that is that is top dog. We we both agree that is top dog. Everybody in the fan base thinks that that is top dog. Go get Clint Kubiak. Nobody else has talked to Clint Kubiak. Nobody out there. So that means that the Steelers are just sitting around and waiting. And they're just saying, look, at when, when he's available, when he could talk, we're probably going to talk to him just like everybody else is going to talk to him. And I think that is it. Like they are doing their due diligence. They're doing all of their homework on the guys that they need to be doing their homework on right now. And they're just waiting for those guys to to finish playing so that they can be like, all right, now let's now let's interview the rest of these guys and and make a decision. I'm like, I'm very pleased with where the Pittsburgh Steelers are currently. I think this is exactly where you want to be if if you're the Steelers. And if you're the Steelers fans, like maybe you're not 100 percent sold on any of these guys. Just the grand scheme, the game plan, I think is perfect and much better than than years past. Right. Like there's clearly there's clearly a plan. Like there's clearly a a type yes. of guy that they are looking for. Um yeah. or at least, you know, uh, at least right now. You know, like yeah. you said, there there are probably more guys coming that we that we aren't maybe not aren't expecting, but just haven't seen yet and guys that, yeah. that still kinda have to come out of the woodwork. Um but Yeah, and guys that a, aren't like, you know, like it's good that they're that they're here and they're looking at at a certain type of guy, and it's not like they're starting low. You know, yeah. their bar has started very high. Right, exactly. Like they they have ambition with they're showing some ambition. I think with yeah. this search, um, just like I said, looking for looking for the next guy, like looking for the next kind of big thing. Um, where I feel like in like to your point, I feel like in years past they would have looked for the safe thing. You know, yes, the guy who. 
an experienced guy who they knew what they were going to get out of him, knew that they he could give them a high floor. Um, and it seems yeah. like with this with this kind of crop of candidates, they are looking someone who for someone who elevates their ceiling, not just kind of keeps their floor real steady. Um, and yeah. that's that's different and that's notable. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with uh with where they are when they do if they do drop a Byron Leftwich, a Pep Hamilton, a whoever into that mix. You gonna start panicking? Are you, you thinking you thinking this is a smoke show or you you? It's all right. Everybody's got to everybody's got to interview the candidate that ain't going to get the that ain't going to get the job. Yeah, I feel like those will be more. OK, let's just make sure that we don't like these guys. Let's make sure yeah, that this yeah. isn't the direction that we want to go in, um, because I think you've got to cover all your bases just because this is such an important hire. And this is such um, this is just a, such a critical pit, uh, moment in a lot of people's careers um, and, and kind of in the direction of the franchise long term. So, um, you know, I wouldn't. You know, you're as soon as someone gets interviewed, I think you start to like imagine them in Steelers gear, imagine yes, them on the sidelines yes. co- calling plays, and you start to make that your lived reality for a second. And maybe that would happen for for a moment when you see, you know, uh, Byron Leftwich walking into the Steelers facility. Um, but you know, I think eventually you'd you'd get over it. You know, you like you. I think I don't. I don't. I wouldn't even if Byron Leftwich interviews for that job. I'm not sure I'd put him within the top. You know three or four guys for the Steelers. So I'm not, wouldn't be particularly worried about it. Um, and, and I would imagine they would go in a different direction, even if they do interview a guy like that. Let me ask this question. So say the Steelers hire somebody else, say they hire Clint Kubiak or whoever. Do you think there's a shot that a guy like Gerard Johnson comes in and he's the next quarterbacks coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you think if you are a guy like Gerard Johnson, because I would imagine the Steelers one whoever their next quarterbacks coach is, is going to be somebody that they interview who doesn't get the job, who probably doesn't, who obviously doesn't get a job anywhere else. Say Gerard Johnson doesn't get a job anywhere else. If you are Gerard Johnson, you looking at an opportunity to fix Kenny Pickett or make Mason Rudolph great or whatever you want to do there as a boost to your resume over working with CJ Stroud? Are you saying that two years with CJ Stroud, that'll be enough? Like, you know, like an Eric Bieniemy approach of, look, at, I got to leave Patrick P- or Patrick Mahomes to go show that I could do this elsewhere so that I could get a head coaching job. You think that there's a possibility that he uh, he takes that approach and ends up in, in Pittsburgh as a QB coach? Um, I think it's possible, but I think this is also, I mean, he's being considered for, I mean, you never yeah, really know jobs. how seriously. Yeah, he's being considered for other jobs as well. So clearly, I think the interest is there after his work with CJ Stroud. Um, so I don't. You know, it's tough to say. I, I just feel like if he's able to kind of go back and work with the Texans and keep kind of growing CJ Stroud, like I think that's going to be enough of a feather in his cap. Um, yeah. I But I do think at the same time, like coaches in this business are the most competitive people that you've like ever met. You know, like these oh, are, yeah. these guys are, uh, these guys are crazy to a certain extent. Um, so I think there's constantly a, a drive to push yourself and to prove yourself. Um, and I feel like Johnson, who, yeah, he's being considered for some jobs, but I feel like this is a name for me that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yes, this agreed. wasn't a guy that that I expected really to come up at all, um, or a guy whose name that I really knew at all before he started popping up in until honestly that you had mentioned um, mentioned him. So I think to that extent, like he still might have to make a name for himself, and I just wonder. 
I don't know. I, I would love to go inside of, you know, Omar Khan's mind or some other, you know, random NFL GM who's looking to hire an offensive coordinator and say, look, do you take like I I just don't know how you judge multiple years like with CJ Stratt. Like because clearly CJ Stratt brought some talent with him and he was a good player. Like yeah. how much of this do you put on coaching? Um and I feel like you can you can raise the level of certainty by possibly taking a Kenny Pickett and making him into something, um, as opposed to like just narratively looking at CJ Stroud and saying, Oh, well, he was a number two overall pick. Like it's easy in hindsight to say, Oh, well, yeah, he was talented. Like how much yeah. of this can we apply to coaching? Um, yep. if you come to Pittsburgh and revive Kenny Pickett's career, it's pretty easy to say, yeah, this was, this was a yeah, lot of coaching. Get, you're getting an offensive coordinator job. Like the next, like Kenny Pickett comes back, has one ridiculous season. Chances are Clint Kubiak's a head coach. The Steelers had one good year. Awesome. It was great. Hopefully they won a Super Bowl. And Gerard Johnson, if he's not the of offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he is, which I think also helps. You know what I mean? Like Bobby Slowick will probably get a head coaching job somewhere within the next couple of years. But also, like, you know, I don't know, great offensive coordinators that they do, but they also kind of you get that one really good year. And then after that, it kind of settles to where you're. You know, you, you had that one really good year. Now, now you're a really good offensive coordinator. People are skeptical about whether or not they're going to give you a, a head coaching job immediately. So he could get the job there. You come to Pittsburgh, you're the quarterback's coach. Clint Kubiak comes, and I, again, this is best-case scenario. Clint Kubiak comes. The Steelers absolutely dominate. Kenny Pickett blows up. This is a great year for the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense. Kubiak's gone. He's a head coach somewhere. There's no reason not to give the job to Gerard Johnson, and I think that that's a... That's a good move. It's a hypothetical. It's a big hypothetical, but I mean, it is, it is definitely one to, to monitor. And there will be other names as more coaching candidates come in here, more interviews happen and more guys like Gerard Johnson are interviewed. You will start to see like, okay, look at this could be a guy. This could be the next quarterbacks coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's also something to keep an eye on if you are a fan. All right, moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a pretty long list of free agents this off season. Pro Football Focus says that the one that the Pittsburgh Steelers must hold on to is defensive tackle Armand Watts. They cannot let Armand Watts walk. That is their must re-sign this offseason. Me and you were talking before the show. Nick, our producer, was talking with us before the show. None of us agreed that Armand Watts should be the guy that they must re-sign, although would be a good re-signing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he could get them cheap, and I think... He played a good role for them this year, added a veteran presence, was a nice guy, fan of Armand Watts. You look at the list of Pittsburgh Steelers' potential free agents. I know Armand Watts is not top on that list. Who is top on that list for you when it comes to this free agency cycle? Yeah, Armand Watts might not even be like top three if we're being real. Like it's and that's like like you said, that's no disrespect to Armand Watts, but like there are better players on this list, and there are better players at his position. Like I think Montrevious yes. Adams is a much bigger priority. I'm sorry if I'm stealing 100%. your guy, but um, yep. but he was the first name I looked at. Like, because this is also a guy who is not going to be expensive either. Like, th that's nope. the other thing is like the Steelers do not have big name free agents up for re-signing this year. Um, I no. mean, unless you kind of say Quan Alexander, like the but the yeah, biggest but like, one is that's a one that's a one year deal type of guy. Like no long term. Oh, this is a guy. Right, you know, on that list, I agree. With you. Right, and Mason Rudolph would be the only other one, and that's because he's a quarterback. Um, and even yep. that, I'm not necessarily looking at that. That is a huge priority. I say Montrevious Adams just because the age of Cameron Hayward, um, kind of the, 
I wouldn't call them cryptic comments after after the season ended, but they were certainly uncertain. Um, just about yeah. what his his future with the franchise is, what his future in professional football is. Um, so I feel like you really need to shore up the defensive line, the interior of the defensive line. Love what they have in Keanu Benton, but you need to add, you need to have at least one more interior lineman. And I, in my opinion, I think it should be Montrevious Adams. I know he's had some injury concerns, especially last year, but I think he's a good player. Um, I think you can get him for cheap, and I think he's better than Armand Watts. So I would, if we're thinking about that, if we're thinking about it that way, I would much rather have uh, Montrevious Adams locked up over Armand Watts. Yeah, I look at, I agree. Montrevious Adams is a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Keanu Benton, look at, say, say Cam, like I expect Cam, Cam said he's he's not retiring. I expect him to be back. They got to work out the contract situation, but you know they'll, they'll figure that out on their on their own. The way I look at it is. If Cam can't play every down because he's 34, 35 years old, Keanu Benton, I want to play defensive tackle more than I want him to play nose tackle. I want him to be the dude who replaces Cam in a year. That's where I want him to sit. Montrevious Adams is a great nose tackle. Armand Watts is not a nose tackle, so it doesn't even work out there. And again, I like Armand Watts. Montrevious Adams, if he does, doesn't get hurt last year, who knows if he loses his starting job to Keanu Benton? Like he he was that guy. He replaced Tyson Alualu. Ever since he showed up in Pittsburgh, he's produced at a very high level. I thought he looked really good at the beginning of last season. I'm all about Montrevious Adams. I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. Like I, you know, you talk to a guy like that, and he understands that it's a business. But at the same time, you know, he he made a career for himself here, and I think that that means something. And I think that if the Steelers want him back, he'll stay. He'll he'll come back. He'll be that guy. I'd much rather sign him. And and just like you said, cheap wise, like, dude, go sign them both. But I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying Armand Watts is the guy I'm signing first unless he's just much easier to sign and just saying, hey, look at, you know, you want to he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to toss at me. Sounds good to me. You know, which I expect Montrevis Adams to also be in that same boat. I think there's a name on here that probably sleep slips under the radar. And obviously Mason Rudolph is is the biggest one. Like that is, you know, quarterback, Mike Tomlin said, that's who we want back, blah, blah, blah. Which, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to say that's the guy you must resign, it'd be Mason Rudolph. Miles Killebrew is sitting on this list and I get it. Special teams is always the forgotten sibling, the middle child, the whatever you want to call it. Miles Killebrew is a stud. He might be the best special teamer in football. That means something. What he has done for the Pittsburgh Steelers has like... Miles Killebrew is not a, oh, he makes tackles type of guy. Miles Killebrew is a, he blocks punts so you score touchdowns type of guy. He produces more points sometimes than the offense does. That's what Miles Killebrew does for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is hands down the top of my list. I'm sure he's going to be a little pricey, to be honest with you, after the season that he's had. But I'm I'm resigning Miles Killebrew. Also, he, he started playing a role on defense at the end of the season last year, and I'm not saying he was good, but just to show that he's capable of doing that. I mean, this is a guy, this is a Matthew Slater. You know, this is a guy that you are not getting rid of, that you are hanging on to until he's ready to go. He is hands down the guy that I, like out of the list of free agents, if Omar Khan was to line them all outside of his office, the first person I'm calling in is Miles Killebrew saying, all right, let's get a deal done. And then we'll work on the rest of these guys. Easy. No question. You say, you say it might be pricey. Like how pricey are you willing to go? To resign a guy like a uh, um, his last his last contract was two million dollars was uh two years four million dollars. I want to say I'm I'm right around there again two million dollars a year 
three million dollars a year, maybe after the all pro selection, but maybe like two mil with some incentives. You know, you continue yeah. to make all pro, you you earn another million dollars. You know, you you're making three mil a year, somewhere in that ballpark. And that's I mean, two million dollars is that's more than Armand Watts and Montrevis Adams made last year. So that's yeah. that's a good chunk of change for a guy who plays special teams. But that's what you're getting. Like you're getting a guy who could be a game changer. And, you know, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going $3 million, which, you know, again, more than Mason Rudolph made last year, more than a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys. I think it's more than Quan Alexander made last year. Like you're looking at a, a special teamer who makes more than your starting inside linebacker. That's saying, I think it's more than DeMonte KZ made last year. If we're going to be a hundred percent honest, I, I think it's more than a lot of these guys. I, I'm paying them two, maybe $3 million. I'm not even thinking about it. Another two year deal. That's, I mean, that's my guy right there. I think Miles Kilbrew is, is a stud, and he's a, your captain. And you just you keep game changers around, especially on special teams. That is a guy you keep around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, he definitely deserves a raise. Um, but like you said, he's a special teamer. Like that raise is going to be kind of within a certain range. So I'm yeah, all for yeah. that. I, I'm a big Miles Kilbrew fan too. Let's let's do it. Yeah, that's what Quan Alexander made one point three million dollars. Montrev or uh, Miles Kilbrew made. Two million dollars. Like that's just that's who you're looking at. You know that you're looking at a guy who. I mean, Shannon Sullivan started at corner all season long. He made one point two million dollars. Like that's you're paying you pay your top tier special teamers. Miles Kilbrew's my guy. Armand, I hope he comes back. He's a nice dude, but he's just he's not my pick. He's not my pick. Sorry, sorry. All right, before we head out of here, it is Friday. It is the second last time we get to do this all season. That is super sad. I'm not going to lie to you. I went like 0 for 12 last weekend <laughs> in bets. It was so bad. It was crazy. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I was on here talking about how I flipped 50 bucks into like $400 in a matter of like two days. And I was loving life and life was great. That that depleted so fast, so fast that I'm sitting here heading into championship weekend just going, all right, we're going to small bets, small bets this week. Tiny, tiny bets. I was off on literally everything. Like, li- like literally everything. I had a parlay because we, you know, we picked the winners and everything. And and I had a parlay going heading into Buffalo, Kansas City. Could have cashed that parlay out and m- at least made some money back. Said, nah, 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 we're good. Halftime, that part, the, the cash out's even bigger. I'm looking at it going, all right, am I holding out for these last 10 bucks? And I was like, yeah, we're holding out for these last 10 bucks. I picked the bills. So lost that one on top of. On top of this, I got real cocky. I will say I won one bet, and that was the over of 45 and a half. But I lost it technically because I got real, real cocky. I'm at my neighbor's house. We're watching the game. I'm talking to Jillian, and I'm like, yo, 51 and a half, dude? Easy. Easy money. (laughs) Hit it. Was like, oh, that's beautiful. I'm sitting there. She's passed out. We came home for the second half. She's passed out. I'm sitting there at the edge of the bed watching the game. He misses that kick. I yelled so loud that I woke her up. The cats go flying all over the place. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Game ends, 51 points total. Shout out my boy Bass. I hope, you know, I'm not trying to add to a rough weekend that that guy has had, but you did lose me a couple of bucks there in the meantime, so appreciate that. And then I I watched it back. I don't know if you rewatched that kick, but there was absolutely no wind. I'm almost positive the NFL was rigged and they knew what I was doing. You know, I have a conspiracy yes. theory that they're in my group chats and they're making yes. sure that I was losing that one. 
Then it was oh, definitely. Roger Goodell watches this podcast. He knows. He knows exactly what you're picking. Now, he... I uh, I think Vegas does. I think they're locked into our phones, and they're like, all right, a lot of people are looking for fifty one and a half right now. <laughs> no doubt, we're going fifty. We're going fifty. It's the Buffalo Wild Wings commercials. That's what it is. True. Anyways, let's try to make up this weekend. <laughs> try my hardest here. Try my hardest. Lions, 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs, two big ones. Again, if you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Ravens, Chiefs is going to be tough. I don't know, it's it's at a point where it's like rooting for Tom Brady or the Baltimore Ravens. It's essentially what they're looking at. And if you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, which I grew up in that situation, it was never fun. You were never sitting there going, oh, man, can't believe I have to root for Tom Brady right now. This is terrible. That's where the Steelers fans are currently. We'll start with that game. Ravens, Chiefs, or Chiefs at Ravens, I should say. Four and a half point spread Baltimore heading into this one. Who you got? Well, to me, this one is is not as difficult. I mean, I guess it's because I didn't grow up a Steelers fan, but I'm I'm rooting for the Ravens. Like I like the Ravens. Um, not just like That's as a, a tough team. One I think, to say. Right. Uh, sorry, I apologize. <laughs> Got to remember where I am. Um, that four and a half number is kind of big, but. Yeah. I still, I still think I got to ride with the Ravens at home. I like they're my Super Bowl pick. I guess I would say. I don't know. I never yeah. planted that flag, but I kind of thought they were the team to beat coming into the playoffs. Um, and so I got to stick with them. Um, I'm going with the Ravens uh, minus four at home. I like that one. All right, minus. Ooh. Even with the Chiefs, like keep it. You don't think they're going to keep it close? You thinking it's over? It's over. Like pretty much a well, touchdown four. spread. Yeah, four is close. I mean, I, I think it's within a it's a touchdown. You know, it's six points. It's like like the Chiefs are gonna have the ball, I feel like, with under two minutes left and a chance to win the game. I'll put it okay. that way. Okay. Okay. I like and you're not saying Mahomes gets it done. That's a big that's a big call, my friend. That is a big call. I mean, call he right almost there. he almost didn't get it done. I mean, he's played one playoff road playoff game in his life. And he almost didn't get he shouldn't have gotten it done. You know, like if we're yeah. if we're being real, like he didn't do enough to win that game, quite honestly. He, yeah. he got some help. So that's I know my my group chat, my my text messages are the reason that that he won that game. I'm fully aware of that one. Even, you're even rooting against Jason Kelsey, shirtless Jason Kelsey, which I don't that's think right. he's going to be welcomed as I don't think the the welcome is going to be as warm in Baltimore if he's shirtless screaming for a Chiefs touchdown as it would be in Buffalo. I think it's a dangerous move. If we're being 100 percent honest, I would not do that if I was Jason Kelsey. That being said, I'm going to take the Chiefs four and a half. I think I'm picking the Ravens to win. I think I think the Ravens are going to win, but I I do think it's closer than four and a half. I think it's a I think it's a right down to the wire three point game, two point game, one point. Like it is a it is a right there type of situation. I don't think the Chiefs lose playoff games if they aren't close. The Chiefs don't lose playoff games in general, so I don't I have a hard time saying they're going to lose one by nearly a touchdown. I'm saying four and a half. I think I still pick the Ravens to win. But I, I, I'm saying Chiefs. And that one's that one's tough. But I think if we're going to be honest, and I might get a lot of hate for this, there is a part of me. And once that game starts, it's everything changes. Because I felt the same way last week. I was like, I was on the phone with my dad. And I was like, I don't know, man. I think like there's a part of me that's like, I think Lamar deserves a ring. Like it would be cool to get him a ring. And then that game started. And I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like There's no part of me that feels good watching this game and watching the, the Ravens just run up the score on on CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans just couldn't do it. So but I, I think I, I think I'm feeling good about the Ravens and, and I might, there might be a part of me that's like a little happy, but I don't know we'll see when that game starts. The other side of this, 
Detroit Lions at San Francisco 49ers. People are laughing, saying, oh, well, Detroit, we, you were saying this before the podcast. D- Detroit plays in a, in a dome. They play in a do- San Francisco is a dome. It's an outside dome. It's 85 degrees and sunny at all times. That is perfect weather conditions. The 49ers, they had a 10-point spread last week. I fell for it. They got a seven and a half point spread this one over Detroit, who, I mean, man, dude, Dan can't. If Eminem walks out with them, you better put a lot of money on the Detroit Lions. What do you, uh, what do you got here? Seven and a half San Francisco 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions. I'm riding with America's team, the Detroit Lions, yes, man. That is, yes, I'm a, I'm a Lions fan. I, I will be rocking my blue. I'm, I'm all in on the Lions. I love the Lions just top to bottom. I feel like they have cool players. I love their coach, and I think they're and they're good. Like they're just playing good. Like we we can stop talking about that. Them as just fun, and they are just they're just a playing good team. Um, yep. And this is a team that has gone on the road to Kansas City and won there. Like they are not yep. going to be intimidated by uh you know good home environment, good environments. Um, so I and that seven and a half number. Whew, you know, if it was six Dude, and that's a half, deep. I'd look at it differently. But that's yep. seven and a half. Whew, give me that. Yeah. Give me that Lions seven plus seven and a half. I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, I a hundred percent riding with that one. No doubt about it. They're, look at, I love the Lions. I everybody loves the Lions. Nobody doesn't love the Lions. You're gonna have. I got a hard time thinking that Detroit fans are not tr- flying out to San Francisco for this one. Like I yeah. I got a hard time thinking. And and we saw like I, I you weren't there at the the home opener. I was. I saw firsthand San Francisco fans. They they fill stadiums. That is a fan base if I've ever seen one. This is different for Detroit, man. This is different. I, I I expect them to show up. I expect the Lions to play hard. Even if they lose, which I, I think I'm going America's team here, and I think the San Francisco 49ers did not look good last week, and you could say that's Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Now nah, I think it was a little bit of the 49ers just not looking good. Detroit, man, they they always look good, and they uh, I think they're going to pull this one out. And the Lions are just basically the they're basically the Packers, except they're better. You know, like they have yep. better talent on offense, defense a little suspect, but I mean they make big plays. Like they, they, make they big, that's what I was gonna say. They, they, they come turnovers. up big when you need them yeah. to come up big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give me the Lions, man. Give me the Lions. They got this. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. Lions outright. I'm taking Lions outright, man. That's I almost I came so close to, to getting the Packers money line last week. I'm 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 going with it again. NFC North versus the 49ers. I'm 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 riding with them. Yeah, uh, the reason you didn't get the Packers money line last week is because I also took the Packers money line last week. So I won't do that this week. I will take the seven and a half. I'm going Detroit Lions plus seven and a half over the 49ers. I'm feeling real good about that one. Hopefully we're right this week. Ravens, Ravens, uh, Lions, Super Bowl. You fall for the the Super Bowl colors of the Super Bowl logo or whatever. You think that's a real thing? Oh, I did see that. I did see that. I mean, I don't know. The The evidence is there. The proof is in the pudding. So maybe proof I do have to fall for it. That would stink. That would be a boring Super Bowl. Boring. I'd go 49ers, but. Oh, 49ers, Ravens? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think it would you were I mean, so it'd be the to two. Be like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, right. unfortunately, it would be like the two best teams in the league, which, you know, yeah, is a little bit is... of an anticlimactic conclusion. But, yeah. I mean, it, I bet it'd be a good game. It would be. And I'd be going hard 49ers. So, oh, that'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. That'd be oh, fun. Yeah. All right. With that said, hopefully we're right. Hopefully I don't go and ten this week. Hopefully my bank account does not does not take a big L this weekend, and uh, neither do the Detroit Lions. We are heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, 
find all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Monday. Enjoy an absolutely beautiful weekend in the Berg. Peace.